person that is listening or watching this right now, which is maybe experiencing daily stress, what kind of tool would you recommend this person? I always start with my clients with heart-focused breathing, just focusing your attention in the area of the heart and imagining the breath flowing in and out of your heart or chest area a little slower and deeper than usual. That starts creating a pause into your physiology and that automatic response. Am I going to remember to hard focus breathe every single time I get upset? No, even I remember every time. But the more we practice outside of a reactive mode, the stronger that muscle becomes. So when I need it, my body is going to do it faster and easier, even if it doesn't do it every time. The objective is let's notice more often and respond in a different way more often until it becomes the response for that particular pattern. It's Ozla Moskan from Amsterdam. It's so nice to have you here today on Bridging. In Bridging, I have incredible conversations with world's leading minds, fascinating people and game changers. My vision is to help people to learn, practice and transform in all areas of life. I want to make wisdom practical and available for everyone. As a side note, this episode is also available on my YouTube channel. And please don't forget to follow me also on Instagram, Ozkan Ozlem, O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M. Sit back, listen, and hopefully, hopefully, really hopefully, what you will learn today, you will practice and transform. Welcome, Dr. Sandra Solano to the Bridging Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here, Sandra. Would you like to start with a heart lock-in? Absolutely. That's the best way to start, directly into the heart. Okay. Did you want to guide it or did you want me to guide it? What do you prefer? Do you want to guide it? Yeah, let's just let's just uh, jump right into. Let's do yeah, that's how I learned it. I learned it from you, right? So, you can guide it. Wonderful. So, I'm not going to give many instructions about it. Let's just jump right into it. Sometimes that's the best way to experience it. So, let's all focus our attention in the area of the heart. And imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area. Breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. Finding a rhythm that is comfortable for you. It may be helpful sometimes to count the inhale and count the exhale. And try to make them even. Make a sincere effort to activate and sustain a feeling of appreciation, 
care or compassion. Radiate that feeling to yourself. And to any other person or situation or group of people in the world that you may want to radiate that feeling to. Just do one more minute of this radiation. This is a good moment to just be in the listening mode to your heart. And if you hear anything, I like to anchor it by writing it down. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Thank you so much for allowing me to do that. It's my favorite thing to do. Thank you so much, Sandra. I appreciate it. What did we just do with our hearts and with us? Yes. So this is uh, one of the techniques of the HeartMath Institute. And what HeartMath is really a scientific organization, a research organization in California. And based on the research that they have created these tools and what we know that happens uh, in each of these steps is that we are actually changing the rhythm of our heart. So when we do a heart focused breathing, which is that first step of focusing the heart and trying to bring our inhale and exhale into equal length, we're changing the way that the heart is beating. So the heart beats uh, um, at irregular periods. And uh, when we start breathing that way, we are bringing the heart into what we call a coherent state. And when we activate that emotion, then actually we are adding a biochemical reaction to the body. We're changing the chemistry in our body. 
that also can create the same rhythm. So they're now putting them together. We really are uh, changing the physiology and by changing the, the rhythm of our hearts. And that's actually what put HeartMath in the map in the 1990s. I was published in the journal Cardiology that emotions alone, this type of emotions like appreciation or care or compassion, we call them regenerative emotions, are capable of changing our heart rhythm by changing the physiology. So pretty much what we have done is what I used to think it would take 30 years of training in Tibet and meditation to learn how to manipulate my heart. But actually we are uh, just creating a rhythm that facilitates the function of the body. We are mm -hmm. really hacking that rhythm and using it to send signals of safety to the brain. Mm -hmm. And then that allows our entire physiology to disengage the emergency mode, the survival mode, and go more into a, a repair and growth mode. So that's, mm -hmm. that's basically what we're doing. So we are going to repair and growth mode by getting mm -hmm. our hearts coherent by mm -hmm. regenerating the feeling of, you know, generating the feeling of appreciation, gratitude, love, mm -hmm. compassion. So, Sandra, you know, you are a medical doctor. You have, you have worked for 25 years um, in the public health and preventive medicine. And then you were, you know, uh, after a while experiencing um, a burnout, almost a burnout or, or a burnout. Can I say oh, full that? Blown, Bur full blown. Full okay, blown. Full, full blown. <laughs> we're laughing about it right now. But anyhow, you were experiencing that. And then you, st you started off a journey of doing extensive research of, hey, what kind of holistic ways are there out there that... Um, can uh, be good for my wellness and for other also for others well-being as well and then you came to heart math so can you tell uh, one of them is the heart math you're also doing other things so can you tell us a little bit about what you were experiencing back then mm -hmm. and what heart math did with you back then yes so this, this was my life back then. I woke up, woke up in the mornings exhausted. I went to bed more exhausted. And I went through the day feeling like a fake. Like any moment anybody was going to discover I did not have things together. That I was really faking my life. I was faking being competent. I was faking being a good mom. I was faking being a good family. Like everything felt uh, disconnected. And I felt incredibly lonely. Um, and when I encountered hard math was purely by accident. I, I was looking for alternatives, but with a lot of skepticism. So I happened to go into a hard math workshop uh, by accident. I didn't even know I had signed up for it. And uh, I felt a shift. I felt a, sh a change every time that we did this exercise. So I'm like, wow, my body feels different. But in my medical training, it was hard to understand how, what does this have to do with the heart? I was taught the heart is a pump. That's all it mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. And there is no other function there, right? So I remember I bought the biofeedback technology back then just to prove that it had nothing to do with the heart. <laughs> And I will sit down and practice almost every day. Just And then I would follow the instructions and do my quick coherence, my tool. 
And then I will be like, I'm going to focus on my toe. I'm going to focus on my knee. I'm going to think about something else. This has to do just with this breathing pattern. And then I would see my numbers go down, my coherence numbers go down. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, let's go back into the heart. Then I started doing this literally just to prove this wrong. And I remember that I got uh, the reminder by text from my pharmacy that it was time to pick up uh, my refills. I had a med list this long uh, with all kinds of conditions. And then I realized, whoa, wait, I have no need of my rescue inhaler for a couple of weeks, which was very unusual. And my allergies seem to be doing better and I'm feeling better. Oh, by the way, I slept the last five days. I wasn't sleeping three hours a day. Yeah. Before Harmat. And while being sudden, a medical doctor. While yes, being a medical doctor. Three hours a day. Uh, and then I, I started like, oh my, I, I slept like six hours last night. I just noticed that. So definitely something shifted in my physiology and I was very intrigued by it. Um, and decided to become a trainer, not to train anybody. I just wanted to know everything about it. And that was the most, uh, the highest level of, of training. Also, the scientists, you know, in you wanted to know, like, the science behind what we are doing. It's not only a pump, the heart, but what is it more? Just show me evidence. Show me evidence. Oh, I sat there in the first line with my arms crossed, like, prove to me that this has some science behind it. And uh, but through that journey of going through the through the training, um, what I became was more joyful. I became authentic. I regained my energy. I almost felt like I was back on being myself. And um, then when I finished my training, I was like, you know what? There is there is science behind it. I can stand behind this. And I want other people to feel this level of, of authenticity and joy and calm that now I was able to, to create for myself. So... And you even became a master trainer for, you know, you're training people Mm -hmm. to become heart math trainers. Correct. So, you know, for the people that might not get the biofeedback technology that you were mentioning, can you just explain just briefly what it is, like what you were measuring back then, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And and, and it's, uh, I always like to do this when I explain it, when you don't have it in front of you, is you have a piece of paper in front of you uh, with a pen. I want you to draw two lines. Uh, the first line, I want you to be like an earthquake line, like the line that an earthquake will create, yeah. Okay. And right below, draw like a rolling heels line, like the mm. rolling heels. And think about when you feel emotions that take away your energy, like anger, anxiety, or frustration, or sadness. And notice which of those lines feel more like what you feel when you feel that emotions. Yeah, the one that is like going up, down, up, down. Yeah. Like it's almost like, you know, scratching on a piece of paper. <laughs> there you go. And, and, and just now when we finish the hard locking, which lines seem to feel more like what you were feeling? The more wavy, chilled mm. out, relaxed, but awake. Too. Yes. Not sleepy, not sleepy. <laughs> Even though sometimes it can be a sleepy just because when we go into that state, we become more aware of where we are and maybe mm-hmm. we're sleepy. So um, that those lines actually represent heart rhythms. So we can measure the, the rhythm of the heart, the change 
of the heart speed between heartbeats. Mm -hmm. uh, that measurement is called heart rate variability. So mm -hmm. what the technology uses is heart rate variability to draw those lines and see how is the rhythm of your heart changing. Mm -hmm. So the airquake line is the one that we normally walk around when we're having depleting emotions, when something takes energy from our body. And it's almost like, imagine your heart being driven that way. It's like the, the body's fighting with itself. And that it uses a lot of energy and wears down the system. Uh, the rolling heels is uh, the, what we call a coherent rhythm, and it represents a synchronization between the heart and the brain, mm -hmm. and a synchronization of our physiology into a more optimal state. So that rhythm uh, is more our body's taking turns, accelerating and deaccelerating in a smooth curve. So that's what the technology is measuring, is measuring the heart rhythm and looking to see how close we are to those rolling heels and give us a score that is uh, based on an algorithm that some mathematician and <laughs> the mm -hmm. institute cr created to say, this is, this is where you are. This is how coherent you are. Yeah. And it allows you, it's a trainer. It allows you to have that feedback. For me, it was important because I, you know, I didn't even feel my body very much. I couldn't be that aware of my body. So being able to see that something really was changing and it was not just my imagination uh, was really important. But it's it's not something that you have to have to be able to harmat. We just did it at the beginning and yeah. we didn't have any technology with, with us. Yes. You know, you know, the heart, the power and the intelligence of heart is, you know, not only, um, how do you say, it? like it's, it's been spoken in different religions, belief systems, you know, uh, you know, I grew up religious, you know, my mom always saying, ask it from your heart. When you ask it, mm -hmm. ask it from your heart, just feel your heart and ask it. And, you know, not only the way I was taught, but, you know, especially also in the Eastern part of the world, you know, the, the um, uh, how do you say it? Like, I, I don't know the word, but it has been taught a lot. So what is, in your opinion, uh, after also being part of heart math and also being a medical doctor, what is the power and intelligence of the heart and what kind mm -hmm. of effects does it have on us, but also on the people around us, but also on everything, what we kind of touch, like mm -hmm. I'm talking about the work we do, you know, the, the workout we bring in the gym or the people we talk to. Mm -hmm. Great question. Wow. I, that could be like a whole one hour. <laughs> I know, so I, I know, I know we don't have that much, but I know. And I thought I need to ask really this. Yes, absolutely. So, um, First of all, I, I, I share with you that, that uh, religious symbology because uh, actually I'm from Colombia and the patron of Colombia is El Sagrado Corazón, which means the, heart, the sacred heart of Jesus. And mm -hmm. so everywhere in Colombia, there everybody has these pictures of Jesus with a big heart radiating light out of the heart. So when I learned all this, I was like, hmm, that's curious. <laughs> Maybe this is something that iconography is trying to tell us, right? So pretty much the heart has three functions, well, four, four functions in the organ, in the body, based on what we know in science. It's just for some reason that's not what is being taught in med school, but there is a lot of science behind it. So the first thing is, it's still a pump. 
it, it is squeezing blood to pump through your body. Um, the curious thing is that the more we learn about that function, it doesn't seem like the heart even is pumping hard enough to move all the blood. So something else is moving it. And that's the second part that now we know from the heart and is to pump. Uh, the heart is an electric impulse that creates the contraction of the heart. That's what we measure in the electrocardiogram is the electricity that is being produced by the heart when it contracts and relaxes to fill out. That is uh, what we call polarization, depolarization. So it's an electric uh, field that is fluctuating from one pole to another, from positive to negative, to positive to negative. And if you around go back to- Around the heart, around the every, heart? No, every cell of the heart, every, every cell of the cell. heart is doing this electric uh, oscillation is how it's mm -hmm. called. And if you go back to basic physics, if you ever saw physics, any electric oscillation creates a magnetic field. So the heart in its pumping is creating a magnetic field around it. And the frequency of that magnetic field matches the rhythm of the heart because it's contracting, it's polarizing, depolarizing, polarizing, depolarizing. So however that rhythm is, that's going to be the rhythm or the frequency in your magnetic field. So the heart has a magnetic field that is measurable and detectable. And that magnetic field influences other magnetic fields. So we are influencing the magnetism in the environment around us. We can uh, sense and uh, being able to affect the magnetic field of other people. And we all kind of have felt that, right? Mm -hmm. When somebody walks into a room, it's like, oh my gosh, that person just sucked the air out of the room. Yeah. What we're yeah. feeling is that magnetic field, something information in the environment that is telling us that, um, that there is something going on. And because emotions change the rhythm, pretty much we're transmitting our emotions all the time, whether we know it or not, through that magnetic field. Uh, and it seems like it's that magnetic field actually that um, transmits through the circulatory system to move the blood along, not just the pressure pump. That is the magnetic field. The heart also produces hormones. So it's part of our endocrine system. So it produces mm -hmm. a number of hormones that also are affected by whatever rhythm we're having in the heart. And the heart also communicates with the brain, uh, sending information. Actually, we send more information from the heart to the brain than the brain to the heart. 80% heart yes. to brain. So it's and how many percent from brain to heart? How many percent? Twenty percent. Twenty percent from brain to heart. Okay. Yeah, and the heart is communicating from the brain through elect uh, electric signals through nerves. So that's another function the heart has is that communication through the magnetic field and through pressure. So we're communicating with the brain uh, and the hormones. All those is communication, but the heart has its own brain, and this was what blew my mind. Because I remember my anatomy and physiology professors talking about these cells in the back of the heart that we didn't know what they do. They look like brain cells. And I remember so much like, but it's, they're really probably just like a hammock for the brain, for the, for the heart, because they are in the back of the heart. Yeah. And I remember thinking back then, why would the heart need a hammock? Like no other organ needs a hammock. Like why, why do we need this? Well, we actually now know, and this is, has been known for decades. It's just, it's so, 
um, no wit in the mainstream, so we don't discuss it in mainstream. These uh, brain cells are in the heart like, like, as a separate brain. They look like brain cells, they act like brain cells, they produce neurotransmitters in brain cells. So we have this brain system in the heart that's actually communicating with the brain as well. And mm. through all these mechanisms, we are gathering information from our body and we're gathering information from our environment. And that information is being processed at the heart. And that's what we call heart intelligence. It's just this extra information that is being gathered in, in different mechanisms. Wow, that's so amazing. Like, you know, I think you, you said few things about, you know, it's measurable, the heart's you know, the magnetic field is measurable, but it's actually, I would say, I'm not sure if I'm correct. It's not seen, but you know, it's mm -hmm. not visible, but it's, it's feelable or you can feel it because as you said, mm -hmm. if someone walks in the room, you, you feel like, ah, oh, you know, I just felt just such a warmth with this person mm -hmm. or, oh my God, I don't know what's going on, but something is going on here. And you also mentioned something, the heart has a brain itself, which is communicating mm -hmm. with the main brain or the brain you mm -hmm. know at the top in our head here yeah. <laughs> skull there that area and and i what i also really like a lot is like uh you know with what i have experienced with heart met myself when i am coherent okay i cannot see the uh, magnetic fields around my heart but i can feel that i am more at peace more mm -hmm. lovable more loving more loving mm -hmm. more um compassionate and when i interact with someone with anyone my energy is sometimes attracting that energy i feel sometimes it is changing that energy too or or the opposite is happening you know um, it's so powerful. I feel like when it is really coherent, mm -hmm. but let, let's just go for a moment to stress, you know, in our lives right now, uh, let's say the Western world, but I think also definitely, especially right now, the Middle East, Eastern world too, we're experiencing a lot of stress due to fast paced environment, what's happening in the world. You just watch the news and you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have watched it. You know, it's just, uh, pulling me down. What is happening to our hearts the moment we experience stress? Mm -hmm. So our biology, the way that we came to this world was designed for hunters and gatherers, right? For hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, but we could, our physical body can evolve uh, that quickly as our society has evolved. I mean, if you think about it, just three generations ago, we were an agrarian society where it's still this nervous system was quite appropriate. You know, we will not have to mention stress, uh, but if there was a tiger coming down, we activate the emergency system and then we responded and then we went back to not having the stress. Uh, so in our society, we have changed so rapidly in the last a few decades that our environment uh, is creating signals for our brain that content constantly creates a trigger of a stress response. The problem is that the stress response that we have in our biology is only for the tiger is coming down. 
is not for traffic is horrible. I'm late with my bills. My boss yelling at me. I had a fight with my spouse. There is no system separate for that. We only mm-hmm. have the survival system that was designed to keep us alive. So now we have a biology that does not match what uh, our environment needs and to respond in our environment. So if we just live up to our own devices, we are going to just be with that biology. In that biology, by age seven, we have developed most of our emotional responses. Because if we were still hunter and gatherers by then, we will have re- learned what is dangerous and what is not dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe something new appears in the environment and then we collect that information. Uh, so without changing those responses, we are all walking around like seven-year-olds throwing temper tantrums. That's basically yes. what happens. Automatic responses that were very effective at age seven. But our environment has changed. I mean, I even think about there was no this communication when I was seven. There were not even yes. the computer I'm looking at you now when I was seven. Or a phone, eight, another phone, I'm mobile eight, phone. I know, I'm aging myself. Yeah, my phone was attached to the wall. <laughs> I had to, to pull the long cord <laughs> to be able to talk through it. So we are changing a lot the stimulus and a lot of things very quickly. So we need new responses that are more adaptive to what we need to respond to. So what happens when we have an emotional reaction, most of it is happening below our consciousness. Our brain is scanning for danger. That's the thing that the brain does. Our brain is not scanning for beautiful things in life. Our brain Mm -hmm. is scanning for danger. And then when something seems to fit a pattern of danger, then it's going to activate a response that is automatic. That response changed the heart rhythm. And actually now we think there are some evidence actually the heart rhythm changes first uh, to that. And then that earthquake heart rhythm sends a signal to the emotional center of the brain that's called the limbic system. There's an organ called the amygdala that is listening to the heart rhythm. And then it's kind of like, well, the heart is telling us there is an emergency. We need to turn on the emergency system. And the emergency system turns on our thinking brain starts decreasing availability mm-hmm. because if we have a tiger about to eat us, thinking is not useful. It's I'm not slow. thinking, I'm just running or I'm exactly. just like, I need to do something right now. <laughs> exactly. So that's what is happening. So when your boss yells at you and you get a stress or you have a deadline and you're stressed, you notice you make more mistakes. You kind of find things. Things don't seem to be clear. That's because you're literally your brain, your thinking brain is turning off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we all have had that moment. We all have had it where we react to something and later we are like, oh my gosh, I, who was that? I was not thinking. That's not me. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. How could I have done that? Well, your brain was not there. So you were not thinking. That's for sure. <laughs> so that is where, um, practicing these skills to disconnect, disengage that automatic response. First, become aware that we are in an mm-hmm. automatic response, recognizing an automatic response without any judgment. That was a response that was pretty good when we were five. We're just repeating it in an adult version. And then use a tool to disengage it. Then allow us to reopen our brain, 
make our thinking brain available to us and start creating new pathways, new neural pathways that create a new automatic response. Mm -hmm. And the more we repeat, the more that this starts becoming our default. So like, we can re reprogram our brain. We can literally yeah. create a new operating system. Yeah, like repetition, right? I mean, you know, when you started learning uh, driving, you were 16 or 18. And I mean, you were not below seven. And then you, by repeating the action again, 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 you became a driver. Correct. But, you know, the person that is listening or watching this right now, which is maybe experiencing daily stress, not because there's a tiger behind him or her, but because she does not like the job or things are happening in the job with the spouse or whatever, what kind of tool would you recommend this person in order to actually to start, first of all, being aware of, ooh, mm -hmm. I'm being in a reactive mode? Two, mm -hmm. like, you know, what to do in the reactive mm -hmm. mode? And then three, hopefully, eventually change the neural pathways, change the reaction eventually in a different form, replace it with mm -hmm. something else. So I always start with my clients with hard focus breathing because one, that's the easiest um, tool, but also is the first step of every other tool. So if you really start with your hard focus breathing, just focusing your attention in the area of the heart and imagining the breath flowing in and out of your heart or chest area a little slower and deeper than usual. That starts creating a pause into your physiology and that automatic response. And I also tell people this is like a muscle, right? And am I going to remember to hard focus breathe every single time I get upset or something is bothering me? No, even I remember every time. But the more we practice outside of a reactive mode, the more I practice when I am not needing to create that pause, the stronger that muscle becomes. So when I need it, my body is going to do it faster and easier, even if it doesn't do it every time. I'm, the objective is let's notice more often and respond in a different way more often until it becomes the response for that particular pattern. So the heart focused breathing, uh, um, and this was essential for me because I really tried many other things that did not work, mostly because in that state of stress, I had no time and I had no energy. And when they told me that it takes five minutes of practice for you to be able to change your patterns, mm -hmm and actually measurably change your physiology in just six weeks. I was mm. curious. I'm like, hmm, okay, five minutes. I can do five minutes. So it's not just to start with hard-focused breathing, but also start with um, five-minute practice. Find a place where you can add five-minute practice. And it's best if you do it with something you already do. Like, for example, I started with my shower. I already shower every day. So then I will breathe through my heart, through my shower, just to practice, to work out that muscle. So it was not something else I had to do, not something additional that I had to do in my day, but I just started doing it with things in my day. Yes. Okay. 
that's also a nice one. You know, I, I, I want to mention one thing, like Sandra, you said, like I keep saying Sandra, but Dr. Solano, can I say oh, Sandra, Sandra after Sandra 40 minutes? Sandra is perfectly I'm asking you this. <laughs> you know, one thing what you mentioned there is like, you know, okay, heart-focused breathing, but, uh, you know, I also sometimes, you know, in the moment, don't practice it. You know, it's not that you can practice it all the time. Five minutes a day, uh, five minutes a day, six weeks on a row, you know, you can get measurable changes. Uh, you know, from my own experience with the heart-focused breathing, but also, you know, with other work that I'm doing on myself, I can be sometimes really tough on myself. Like that brings even more stress, like thinking I need to do my heart focused breathing now. You know? <laughs> yeah, I should do it. I should need, you know, and that's why I want to really ask this question. You wrote it also in your blog. Why is it okay to not be okay all the time? Mm -hmm. I would like to close off with this question, actually. Yes, uh, and, and that's a great question. So the process of changing your biology and changing your nervous systems and addressing whatever is draining energy in your life is not a process about not feeling uh, bad things, not feeling depleted emotions, not feeling sadness or anger or frustration or how could not feel pain seeing sometimes what we see in the news, right? So it's not about not feeling it mm -hmm. because what happens is that under all those feelings, actually there's a lot of care. So the more we care, the more we feel. The more mm -hmm. we care about the world, our families, our spouse, our job, our performance, which is what you were sharing, Aslam, we want to perform well because we think it's important. I, I know it's important for me. So then it is okay that you are frustrated or that you are disappointed if you forgot to practice. It is okay if something bothers you because that is a signal. Emotions are just information. And when we are able, and actually hard-focused breathing is the best technique to even just observe, the, that's what creates the pause. It allows us to observe the emotion and make a decision about it. Maybe I have time right now and I want to feel sad. It's okay to feel sad. I want to explore that sadness and know what this sadness is about. And, and there are even other tools in Harmat that will use that to explore and get the information. Or it's okay that I'm frustrated because I care about this being done well and it's not being done well. Or I care about children and, and not being hurt and suffering and, and I don't want to accept the world as it is. So that is okay to have those feelings. And what we are looking for is for you to be able to experience them from a more conscious perspective, become aware that there's nothing wrong with those feelings and become aware that you can create this pause to examine them. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, not let those feelings be the driver of your behavior. So then I can be upset and angry and frustrated, but I'm not going to lash out or I'm not going to blame myself or I'm not going to go into a self-judgment about like, oh my gosh, I should not be upset. I need to be happy all the time or I need to be yeah. ready and all the time. So 
one of the things that in the energy model of, of Harmad we talk about is that it is about becoming aware of the situations and being able to recover faster of those situations. And the recovering comes from not adding energy to it. So it's very different if I feel frustrated because my children leave shoes all over the place, uh, that going into a trigger of automatic response of nobody cares about what I do, nobody's respecting and appreciating, they don't appreciate what I do, they don't love me, nobody cares. You know, it's like that extra energy that we I add know. to the emotion. Yeah. It makes me think of my mom, what you just said, my mom, and then I'm reacting back on that. Why do you think like that? Yes. You love me, right? <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> so we we add energy into the feeling, into the emotions. So heart focused breathing and other tools will allow us to just decrease the intensity of that extra energy. So actually mm -hmm. we can be with what it is. And maybe it's like, yeah, this is frustrating and I'm going to communicate that it's frustrating, mm -hmm. but I don't mm -hmm. put more energy into it. And then I'm going to recover faster or I realize really what is important. Interestingly, no, now my kids have grown up a lot. Uh, they are now young adults and I don't get to see them very often. And they came here for the holidays and I saw the shoes all over the place and brought a big smile to my face. And it was very interesting because then it was like, oh, this is such a good example. That is not the situation, but the way that we react to it. That is the energy loss, right? The yeah. importance that we give them because now seeing shoes all over the place just means I have my kids home and I love it. So if the same situation now is a completely different reaction. Yes, you you're like you're happy that they are home, you Correct. know, and they are there and you see the shoes again. But anyhow, I'm so so happy Sandra that you have joined uh, me here on the show and for people that would like to become heartmath trainers as I, you know, got trained by you to become a heartmath trainer or would like to have individual coaching or consultation like how can they find you? Well, so you, you can do a free consultation in my website, uh, uh, which is uh, restorecom And maybe I can give you a link. Uh, that, yeah, we'll that put you can it share. in the episode notes. I yeah. have the link. We'll put it in the episode notes. Uh, great. And, and then there's a link there for a free consult. And, uh, and really, that's, that's always a gift. It's uh, so if you think that it's going to be, I'm going to try to sell you something now, it's really one of the, my favorite things to do. And is to just give people 30 minutes of really being able to touch their hearts and be with their hearts and then see what they want to do. And that, that will be the best way to, to explore what you want to do next. Very nice. Thank you very much, Dr. Sandra Solano. I really, really appreciate you being here you yourself so thank you so so much thank you so much for listening i hope you loved this episode if you have loved it please leave a review if you did not love it please also leave a review and so i can make a better one next time and if you want to know more about the workshops and courses I am teaching, visit my website, ozkanozlem.com. I will spell it for you. It's a Turkish name. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M.com. May you be the best version of yourself today. Bye for now. Bye.